And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. Welcome to The Real Investment Show. I'm Danny Ratliff here with Tom Allen, our senior benefits consultant here at RIA Advisors. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Today is hump day and Lance is still not here. Uh, He'll be back shortly, though, so... No worries there. Lots of information to get into today. Consumer inflation is obviously top of everybody's mind. Um, looking at uh, peaking, hopefully, is what all expectations are. Markets or futures are pointing up slightly. Uh, interest rates are flat. Nobody knows quite what to take from this. But economic advisors for President Biden came out here a couple days ago saying, hey, want to let you guys know inflation may still be rather hot. But core inflation, stripping out food and energy, looks like that may be actually declining just a bit and slowing things down. So everybody's hoping that we're going to see be seeing inflation peak. I know it's something we've been talking about for quite some time. And, uh, you know, really top of everybody's mind is you know, money just doesn't seem to go nearly as far now. If you're traveling, the dollar finally hit parity with the euro, uh, which that's been something that has not happened for 20 years. Now, doesn't mean a whole lot if uh, you know people aren't able to travel as much. New news that London's Heathrow Airport now is capping daily passengers at 100,000 a day. Now, granted, that's not a huge mark considering that they've only been averaging about 104,000 over the last uh, several months or summer so far. But it is down from the pandemic when they're doing anywhere from 110 to 115. They're citing a lack or a shortage in workers. Now, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's that's happening right now. I'm not sure what the reason is there, but I think we can all uh, make our own conclusions with that. But, you know, one of the other bigger things that we're, we're everybody's talking about is this mess that Elon Musk keeps getting in. And, you know, it's kind of interesting looking around and Elon seems to keep his name in the headlines with a number of things. Obviously, you know, supposedly backing out of this Twitter deal. Um, love the headlines. I don't know, Tom, if you've seen the memes where uh, you know, he says, hey, I want the information for the bots. Now Twitter says they're going to sue him. And he's like, well, hey, I'm going to get the information now. Now you have to release it. Release it all. But, um, you know, he's going after President Trump now, which may be uh, or ex-President Trump. That may not have been the right move because now Trump's going after him. This is going to be interesting how this one plays out. I think everybody should get some popcorn and wait. <laughs> what happens when you have too much money and a lot of time on your hands, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't know how, how either one of them have much time on their hands. They're, they're consistently fighting a battle. I was talking to my wife the other day about it. I said, "Man, these guys have to be on like they're always on the the offensive and the defensive like nonstop. That has to be tiring." Yeah, I would imagine it's pretty exhausting. And turn when you're running three companies and um, trying to buy out another company, I, I yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, certainly is. So, you know, we're, we've been talking about employment. You know, we did see that Tesla was laying people off, slowing hiring. Google just announced they're not going to be hiring um, or slow their hiring down until the end of the year. I think we're going to be seeing more and more companies come out here and probably take that same approach as everybody's trying to decipher where things are going. You know, coming out of the pandemic, everything, you know, markets have performed well. Economy has improved. However, you know, still a lot of... Uh, a lot of problems out there, a lot of things to be considering or concerned with. You know, obviously, everybody's concerned with the, the war in, in Europe and uh, you know, with, with Ukraine and Russia. Uh, but the other things I think we're 
we're concerned with is what happens with food inflation here in the future. You know, we keep seeing, uh, you know, bigger logistical problems, transportation issues with that. I think we're going to be uh, mindful here with what's happening with inflation. And then earnings. Banks are going to start reporting this week. And they're typically a bellwether to give us an understanding as far as how the economy looks. And this is going to be really important to, to figure out where things are going. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens here as we start to see banks start to report. And then we really get into the meat of earnings season. Uh, but Tom, so Tom's our senior benefits consultant. He helps our, our clients with uh, setting up small business retirement plans health benefits, uh, really the whole package. And so we're going to talk today a little bit about, you know, what happens when you open that 401k statement and you think, oh my goodness, what is going on? Uh, what you should be doing. But also, if you own a business, what are some of the things that you should be considering? Right now, we know small businesses are hurting as inflation costs are, are starting to hurt, interest rates increasing, make, making capital harder to access. And then, you know, how do you retain these these top talents or the people that you already have? And then, you know, attract people as well. And so we're going to talk a lot about that. And then what if you are that participant or an employee for one of these companies, what you should be considering? Because right now we find there's a lot of benefits left on the table. Yes, correct. So right now is is kind of an interesting period of time. When I, when I sit down and talk to a lot of business owners, I think because of inflation, paying out compensation in cash seems to be a lot more valuable than let's say like a 401k plan or employer contributions. I just think that like like uh, discretionary spending is kind of on the forefront of people's minds right now, given the fact that everything's more expensive nowadays. So that's, well, that's the latest trend I've, I've noticed. Yeah, everybody's feeling it. I mean, you know, when you go to the pump, when you go, uh, um, you know, the grocery store, I think those have been the two main things, which hopefully this information here, the core inflation is going to be declining a bit. Uh, you know, we have seen gas prices come down just a bit over the last couple of weeks. That's promising. But, you know, where is the, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel? I'm not sure anybody knows. And that's going to be the million dollar question, because that seems to be at least down here in, in Texas and here in Houston in particular, you know, we all drive uh, and we drive a lot. So we don't have public mass for mass transportation. Um, I think that that's going to be a big thing for our area in general. But, you know, for everybody else, it certainly hurts because the cost of services, the cost of any goods, food, obviously, just a, the cost to get things from point A to point B has increased so much that everybody's, you know, taking that, that cost on at home. You know, we went to a Mexican restaurant a while back and uh, I thought, oh, wow, they have new menus like the one at the front of the neighborhood. It's like, oh, no, this wasn't just new menus to get new menus. Everything went up by like three bucks. I was like, well, looks like we're splitting meals or we're going back to eating at home. Yeah, no, I think I think no matter where you go, you're feeling the effects, whether it's food, gas, I mean, electronics across the board, everything. I think supply chain disruption, inflation, I think we're still feeling the effects even two years post pandemic still there. Yeah, no, it certainly is. And I think that's something that we're going to keep our eyes on. So, you know, that's the big news for today is going to be the inflation numbers. We're going to see what happens. Fed doesn't meet until the July 25th and 26th. All eyes are going to be on those dates as we see, you know, what happens here. Is the Fed going to have to continue to act aggressively? Do they maybe tone it down a little bit as far as the rhetoric goes? Um, you know, nobody knows. I think that they're going to have to continue to, to hike rates here because they've been lower for so long. They don't have much of an opportunity here. Um, especially if things deteriorate quickly, 
they need to get to front run this as much as possible as far as hiking interest rates. So what does that mean for, for you and I and everybody else out there? That just means that the cost of business is going to get a little bit more expensive. If we want excess capital. We want to use credit cards. Those are going to go up. And, you know, this is what we call the double whammy, Tom, in a lot of ways that households are getting hit with that higher inflation, but then all the revolving debts going up. You know, we've, we've looked at studies that show the average household here in the States is using about $6,000 a year on credit. And now that that gets more expensive, that becomes extremely problematic. Uh, with interest rates, just over the last several months, somebody putting down $50,000 on a $500,000 home, you know, at a $2,000 payment, give or take, I saw the study yesterday, now that home that they can afford is $395,000. So $105,000 difference just because of the rate change, nothing else. And so this is pricing people out. I think it's going to cause people to homes to sit a little bit longer and you know potentially have to see you know people start to price their homes a little bit more fair market value. That's the one thing that has not been really hit as of yet as we've seen markets, bonds, um, you know, crypto's been hit so far. Cash has been king and real estate's been okay, but we'll see how this plays out here in the next uh, coming months. So, hey, you're listening to The Real Investment Show. We'll be right back after this quick break. I'm here with Tom Allen. We're going to get into some retirement benefits and what you need to know. daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Hurricane season is here. And along the Texas Gulf Coast, we know how to prepare. What we don't always know is which way the storm will go and if a hurricane does come your way, whether your house will flood. Fortunately, you can get flood insurance. Unfortunately, flood insurance rates have skyrocketed. Don't be at risk. Let the specialists at RIA Insurance assess your needs and shop your coverage for the best rates possible. Another service from realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Good morning. I'm Danny Ratliff filling in for Lance Roberts here today on The Real Investment Show here with Tom Allen, our senior benefits consultant. So with Tom, we talk a lot about the things that he does on a regular basis, which is help small businesses and, and larger ones with uh, retirement benefits, health care benefits, um, all the things that, you know, we take for granted until they're not there. But there's some new legislation that's, that's coming down the pipe potentially when, you know, we talk about this quite a bit and then we we kind of you know, say with tongue in cheek in the sense that, you know, we know some of these things may or may not be done, but usually it's a direction that things are trending over time. So, Tom, fill us in a little bit about what's going on. Yeah. So, you know, historically in in employer benefits, it, it's been a pretty quiet uh, it's been a pretty quiet topic when it comes to writing legislation. But in fact, over the last few years, I think just because of things that are changing structurally within our economy, uh, the U.S. government has been incredibly active in creating legislation. So. Back in March, uh, the U.S. House of Representatives passed kind of their Secure Act 2.0 uh, with certain provisions that they were trying to push. The provisions that are the priority for 
for most uh, congressmen and senators right now is how do we increase access and how do we increase the ability to make this as easy as possible for people to save for the future? I think people are looking down the road and saying, you know, something like Social Security may not be feasible uh, for everybody forever. So we need to create an incentive for everyone to be able to take care of themselves financially. So the two pieces of legislation that just went through the Senate Finance Committee are the Rise and Shine Act and the Earn Act. Nothing incredibly new here. I think we're still trying to uh, increase access for small business owners to be able to adopt retirement savings plans. So typically a 401k plan, it can be incredibly expensive and there's historically been a lot of barriers to entry for most business owners. They are trying to create very cost-effective programs that are very similar to like a, like a simple IRA program or a simple 401k program with lower contribution amounts, but essentially you're able to run it for free. And this way you are able to offer your employees something that they can start saving towards. Now, increasing access is wonderful, but if you don't really have that champion inside of your business pushing employees to really try to save for their future, it's kind of going to fall on deaf ears in, in my experience. So that's where someone like us can kind of come in and say, hey, let's develop a communication strategy to really prioritize this for you and your employees. Uh, other things that are, that are cool in, in terms of what they're rolling out, a lot of younger Americans that are in the workforce are straddled with uh, student loan debt. And one of the one of the interesting things that you can do within a 401k now is that if you are making contributions to paying off your student loans, an employer can match that in terms of a matching contribution to say, hey, if you put $200 towards your student loans, I'll give you $200 in your 401k plan, even though you're not contributing to it. So again, just creating these ways to how do we kind of de-lever a lot of Americans, but also allow them to save for the future so they're, they're not offsetting a future financial liability that they're going to have in their lives. So that's those are kind of the biggest provisions. How do we make these things easier to port if you're moving employers or if you're retiring? How can you get out of these uh, plans as quickly as possible to make it, you know, access to your money as easy as possible? Things like that. So that's what's going through legislation right now. It got, um, you know, bipartisan support 28 to zero. So I actually see this probably making its way uh, through Congress and becoming a final piece of legislation for Americans. Now, do you see any, any cons to this plan? Not necessarily. I think the, the biggest thing for employers to realize that this this is this is kind of putting a, a Band-Aid on the situation. It's great that people have access to something, but it, it's not effective if it's not being utilized. So I think the, the easiest thing for, for employers to think about is just, hey, just make sure you have a champion in your corner. If you're working with a benefits broker, if you're working with an outside advisor, just make sure you are having constant communication about how this legislation is impacting your business, knowing what knowing what you need to know. So if something like this does make its way through Congress, you know what you have to offer your employees, how much it's going to cost you, and really kind of sit down and get into the details of your business in terms of what you can afford to pay your employees in terms of full compensation. Yeah, I think that's really important. And you, you mentioned having a champion. That's something that we see that's lacking so many times in the sense of somebody sets up a plan and then they never talk to anybody again. And that's the problem when there is new legislation coming down the pipe. When you have other issues that need to be taken care of, somebody in your corner who can say, hey, you need to make sure that you guys are aware of this. But not only that, you mentioned participation usage. How many people don't use it? I mean, I know you know the stats probably off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what about 50%, give or take, I think it's actually a tad bit more, people have access to an, an actual retirement plan. But the numbers even diminish further than that of how many people actually use it, correct? That's correct. And a lot of that just comes down to communication. Like, you know, I'll be in front of, I'll be in front of a group of participants saying, hey, your employer is wanting to help you save for your financial future. 
And this is a great way for you to be able to take care of yourself so you can have financial peace of mind, not only throughout your working years, but in retirement. But if that conversation is not happening or not happening, most employees or participants are just their eyes glaze over just trying to be like, wait, you're, they're trying to do what? How is this going to benefit me? How does putting away three to 5% of my paycheck per pay period actually going to turn into retirement savings over time? That communication is not happening. So there's this disassociation between the benefit that the employer is trying to create and how that's actually impacting the lives of their employees. Like that communication needs to get a lot better in my industry. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a big thing because you know, many people just don't understand what they have that's available or they're overwhelmed by it. So it's that paralysis by analysis where you just say, hey, forget it. We're not going to do anything. And the other caveat is people think that it's so much more expensive than typically it really is. And once we figure out how to live without a little bit, you figure, you know, over time, you can actually do a much better job. And so, you know, I think that that new potential act is going to help with people are going to have to understand the hierarchy of savings and where to put funds away. You know, we all we often discuss putting the funds aside for emergency funds, a financial vulnerability cushion, then funding retirement, paying off debt all along the way. And that's a difficult conversation for many because they think, hey, we have to attack the debt first. And I think you do, but you also need to know where you can put funds aside because God forbid something happens, you need to be able to, to continue living your life. And that's a bigger aspect in the sense of uh, just keeping things going. You know, so many times, I know you probably don't like to hear this because you'd, you'd prefer everybody put money into retirement plans, which is great, right? But the same token, we want to make sure that, you know, you're addressing all these needs all along the way. So that'll be an interesting caveat, the uh, student loan, being able to pay that, put matching funds towards that. That'll be great if people can supercharge that and, and get that done quickly. Um, I think that's going to be a great tool and a great benefit. So in this environment, you mentioned last segment that, there's, there's a lot of people who are saying, or, or employers who are saying, you know what, I'd rather pay people the cash because they need it right now versus you know offering these plans or offering additional benefits. Do you think that's something that's going to continue or do you think that's something that's just kind of what we're looking at and staring in the eye at the moment just because of this, this current environment? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, every single time we go through these structural changes in our economy, whether that's like the tech bubble, the real estate bubble, the you know, post-pandemic inflation, everything that we're going through, everyone always uses this term of like new normal. There's this new normal that's going to happen. We're going to be in high inflationary periods forever. How do we deal with this? And the reality is, and I know we've put out a lot of material on this recently, is like, no, we've been through this before. It mm -hmm. this, this too shall pass. And so what I want business owners to be thinking about is just don't make any huge swings in your business in terms of compensation unless you're in dire straits and you actually need to do something like that to save the business. But for the most part, I would say, hey, this too shall pass. Do not make any big changes to your compensation packages in terms of like, hey, we're just going to get rid of the 401k plan. Or we're just going to get rid of benefits altogether. It's like, hey, if that is a concern of yours due to budget uh, concerns, I would sit down with whatever advisor or broker, whoever you're working with, and get a complete picture of what the cost is to manage all of your employees' benefits and see if there are ways to save money versus making dramatic changes. So I think we're just kind of dealing with it now. This too shall pass. That's kind of my, my basic answer here. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that, you know, just like we see the work from home, now let's turn to more hybrid work. I think we're going to continue to see people are, are going to come back to the office. Um, I, I can tell you working at home during the summer months is a little more challenging than, than during the year when kids are in school versus not, uh, you know, had to have a whole other set of schedule for the household. Hey guys, I'm in meetings. I need you guys to go in the other room. Uh, not in the other room. I need you to leave <laughs> in my house. Uh, you know, they're, they're at that age where they're loud and rambunctious. So 
you know, got to plan that accordingly. So I, I do think that we're going to see these things evolve. And, you know, talking about the employer front, I think this is really important. And as there's so many challenges that empl- small businesses are facing because of the pandemic, because of the uh, the rise in interest rates, because of inflation. And, you know, we really haven't seen the wage growth keep up with that. And so I think we're beginning to see that people are feeling like you'd mentioned, they'd rather pay people more than offer additional benefits. But at the end of the day, we're gonna have to look at the total package. And, you know, I help a lot of our clients, kids, when they, uh, they look at new jobs or our clients who are switching from job to job and say, hey, what does this package actually mean to you? in the sense of not just with compensation, but all the benefits. And a lot of times that can add up to 10, 15, $20,000 or more in additional benefits that is often overlooked. And so, you know, from an employer perspective, I think it's going to be extremely important to understand uh, this is going to be a great retention tool, but also a tool to attract new, new people as hopefully things get back, you know, on, on even ground here and you start to see more and more growth again. And so, you know, what are some of the things that are often overlooked as an employer that people just or they typically just don't think of? I think some of the big things that most people don't think of is just, you know, humans are obviously complex creatures. We have a lot of different needs in regards to what what's going to cause stress in our life and what's going to detract from our ability to be productive in the workplace. Um, that could be health reasons. That could be time. That could be finances. That could be a lot of different things. And so. I always start with the holistic perspective of like, think about the average day in life of your employee and all the things that they have to go through and deal with. And how can you as the employer create a certain level of safety around those stressors? So the reason why you hired them, they can be as productive as they can in the workplace. So I think a lot of times, and and I know it's most of the times, most of the business owners I'm dealing with, they have a lot of different hats they have to wear. So they just get very narrow and like, hey, I'm only looking at cash compensation or I'm only thinking about what's the cheapest healthcare I can provide or I'm only thinking about like this 401k seems like it's it's pretty uh, esoteric and it's not going to benefit anybody. It's like look at it from a holistic perspective. That's the starting point for this discussion. Yeah, I think that's a great point. The holistic aspect we think as a fiduciary is extremely important in everything that we do. Uh, need to understand, you know, where everything is, how it all works together. And with a retirement plan or benefits in general, I think that's that's another big aspect is that you need to take into consideration. So we're going to talk about this when we get back. I'm Danny Ratliff here with Tom Allen filling in for Lance Roberts. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. We'll be right back after this quick break. investment advice blog it's required reading for the informed investor catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com in 1999 a parafiduciary group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients best interest these men promptly escaped from a high cost margin environment to the houston energy corridor today still excoriated by their former employers they survive as protectors of others' fortunes. If you have a problem about preserving capital, if no one else can help, and you can find them right here, maybe you should hire the RIA team. You're listening to The Real Investment Show.
Welcome back to The Real Investment Show. I'm Danny Ratliff here with Tom Allen, our senior benefits consultant. So Tom would be an expert for all things on the small business and, and larger business side. And, you know, yesterday, National Federation of Independent Businesses revealed confidence among small businesses polled by the trade group was the worst they have found in 48 years of, of surveying small businesses. So that's pretty remarkable. And we were talking about, you know, how small businesses can help their employees, put more funds aside, attract new talent. And you mentioned people would rather pay the money out in cash than offer these additional benefits because obviously nobody feels really good about the future or at least of the present. And so that can be a, a pretty difficult conversation for, um, for you, I imagine, at the moment with these small businesses trying to, number one, cut cost. Um, and then number two, you know, retain talent, acquire new talent. And so, Tom, talk about the hierarchy of, of some of the things you do when you're, you're visiting with somebody. And not to mention the money that's left on the table from somebody who's potentially maybe outgrown their current uh, benefit package. Because that seems to change quite a bit as well as companies evolve. Yeah. So the industry, the benefits industry has changed quite a bit uh, in the last 10 years in two major ways. Number one, there's more competition in the marketplace. So there, there has been, uh, let's say, uh, fee compression in terms of the ability to deliver certain benefits. And then number two, obviously, legislation like the Affordable Care Act and a lot of this legislation that's getting pushed through Congress on the retirement end has kind of transformed the benefits industry. So traditionally speaking, you know, obviously, group health and 401k benefits or any type of retirement plan benefit was pretty much spearheaded by the insurance industry for the last 50 years. Now you're getting other independent players into the market. So all I'm trying to say is, is that the, the landscape has changed to the point where this stuff is becoming a lot more affordable for employers to be able to deliver for their employees. Hierarchy of needs. I think the, the act one, scene one of any meeting I've ever been in with a business owner is how can I offer uh, health insurance, primarily because they're trying to cover themselves and their own family as well. And so that's where the discussion begins. And I, I think it's, it's, it's easy to get in and over your head in terms of like, how do, what do I offer? How do I make this work? We start with a basic census. We try to get an idea of what's the average uh, employee look like in terms of age, gender, uh, compensation, things like that. From there, we're able to go out into the marketplace as an independent uh, advisor and find a solution that's going to work well for you. Now, there's obviously just the major players in the group health space like Aetna, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, uh, United Health, things like that. But we can find something that's a little bit more personalized and customized to your demographic of people. And what's amazing about that is we can find a very cost-effective solution based on your budget. Act one, scene one. Right after that, we talk about ancillary benefits. So things like short-term disability, long-term disability, um, you know, critical illness, uh, you know, dental, vision, things like that. We can We can create a package that kind of addresses those ancillary benefits as well. After that, we get into the retirement side of things. So after we kind of know what the budget is to offer what's the main priority for most employees, then we could talk about retirement. And obviously, there's a whole host of different plans that are available to you. You have things from SEPs to simple IRAs to basic IRAs to 401k plans to 401k plans with profit sharing. And then we can obviously extend beyond hold, that. Hold on. I want to go back real quick before we yep. get too far in the weeds on that aspect. So you're talking about the healthcare aspect. You can go out as an employer and set a certain amount that or a plan that you will pay for your employees. But you can also offer other plans where you can say, hey, here's what we're willing to pay for. But if you want to go get the Cadillac plan, you can come out of pocket with additional X, X amount 
and and have access to is where the employer can still have that for him and his family per se, right, or her and her family. Correct. You know, most em- most employers are offering three different levels of plans, and they have a set budget in their mind in terms of what they're able to afford on the healthcare side. And then from there, we can kind of customize. Okay, like here are three basic plans that address the needs of your employees. You know, your costs are pretty much going to stay the same. It's just how much do you want to pass on to your employees, and then it's their decision to say if I want the Cadillac plan obviously I'm going to pay more but at least I have freedom of choice in regards yep. to that yeah so that's that's always good to know I think because I think when we think of benefits especially employers we think of oh my gosh if we have this available we're going to have to pay for it for everybody but you can actually back into these numbers now talk about those ancillary benefits I think those are really important as well because we see times where somebody doesn't have disability they they have a problem and, you know, they don't have any cash flow coming in where they could have potentially accessed this for probably rather cheap. And it would have been a really nice, nice benefit to have in that environment. You know, what who's paying for all of those? Is that going to be the employee, the employer? Uh, because you can offer quite a few things. You can offer anywhere from um, what you can pay for attorney fees prior. Right. I mean, you have, Correct. You have all kinds of prepaid legal. I mean. What all can you put in that package? Yeah, so you know, on the employer side, you have a lot of customization. So I, I was in a meeting yesterday, and what the employer decided to do was they were offering you know group life insurance, term insurance, on their dime. They're saying, hey, we'll cover the first fifty thousand dollars, which you know can take care of any type of um, you know uh, closing costs that you may have in terms of like burial expenses or you know anything you have to shore up with your estate plan. But you also have the ability to buy additional group life insurance at. Uh, lower rates without having to be, you know, pre-approved or having to take a medical exam. And so you start to get into these fine-tuned conversations of like, hey, if, if that's something that's super important to your employees to be able to have access to very affordable life insurance with and being, you know, guaranteed insurability, that's awesome. Short-term disability, long-term disability, if you work in certain industries where that is a real risk, construction, or you just have activities that you enjoy doing. Some of us like to jump out of airplanes, things like that. Um, you're going to have access to uh, insurance that's going to be able to cover you in, in the event that you're you're out of work and you can't have a steady paycheck. And typically, they're offering anywhere between like f- covering 50 to 70 percent of your weekly pay, you know, in those insurance contracts to hold you over to you're able to get healthy and get back to work. So again, these are great things where the employer can cover some of it. The employee can pay it out of their own paycheck. It's usually like five to fifteen dollars per paycheck for an insurance policy that's like short-term or long-term disability so these are great ways of just saying hey we're trying to take care of you so that you all feel like you can be as productive as you can in the work in the workplace yeah i think having that sense of uh, that peace of mind is really important for employees in the sense that they're out they're able to go do what they need to do and protect their families all along the way if god forbid something does happen so you know now getting back into maybe the more retirement plan aspect of things there's so many different types of plans i think it can become really overwhelming and many times we find that people are in plans you know i visit with a lot of a lot of our clients or small business owners and their plan is just outdated or, 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 you know, you see things that are just really, you know, somebody should have been giving them some guidance along the way to protect them, give them more, uh, give them more access to capital, lower their fees, all those things that are essentially, you know, not done because they've, they've just been set up. It's been set it and forget it. Yeah, very much so. It's, it's, I come across plans that were written back in like the 90 as like true pooled employer plans where like participants, employees don't even have access to invest how they want to individually. And it's just like, man, when was the last time you looked at this thing? And it was like, ah, maybe, but maybe like 20 or 30 years. It's like, okay, well, let's, let's talk about it. And let's give your, let's give your employees more financial freedom. So they feel like they have control over their financial future. Well, not only that, but doesn't that pass on some liability to Big the time. employer? 
That means that you are making active investment decisions on behalf of your employees. And you could imagine the type of liability that's associated with that if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, so yeah. if you're the one A, too risky, you lose a lot of it and, and employees' funds de decrease quite a bit, that can be an issue. Or you don't do anything at all and the market just runs and you can say, well, hey, man, you, were you doing the right thing because you've been in cash? Right. So we see that. So now the different types of plans, mm -hmm. get into that just a little bit. Yeah, so basically the all the reason why we have this spectrum of different types of retirement plans is you have something that's like off the shelf hey there's not a ton of flexibility take it or leave it and it makes it very simple to implement now i think most of the time employers get into things like seps and simples and things like that is because it is easy like it's just i don't have to overthink this i just sign up and i'm able to start saving but the conversation that didn't happen was, is like, well, what are, what's the problem we're trying to solve for? Like, if is this for you? Is this mainly for your employees? Is this just a cost issue? That is why you're going the simple route? Because a lot of times with SEPs and simples, you know, SEPs are awesome in terms of it's free to implement. But you and I have had this discussion before where it's like, hey, whatever you give yourself in terms of a percent savings amount, you got to give to everybody. And that's a really expensive way to fund your employees' retirement benefit. There's a smarter way to do that. Let's talk about something like a 401k. Well, that's confusing and it seems really expensive. Well, let's figure out a way for you to say, hey, if, if what we're trying to do is if I can save you money in the amount of employer contributions you have to contribute, and that more than offsets cost of a 401k, and we're in a net positive, then we're winning. You know, we're, we've created something where it's an actual net benefit to your company. So that's kind of the spectrum. It can get really, really complicated, but basically think of it as off-the-shelf solution, I'm able to implement immediately to something that's a little bit more flexible in terms of you can exclude certain employees, include certain employees. You can have more uh, more control over the amount of employer contributions that are going to maybe you or some of your partners inside the business. Things like that, you can get a little bit more uh, customized when you get into more of the 401k profit sharing side of things. But I know the 401k for a lot of people who historically done simples or SEPs can be rather frustrating because you have to deal with the third party administrator. There's a little bit more accounting that has to go with it to to ensure that you're protected. And so what do you tell somebody like that who's maybe migrating from the more traditional, the easier aspect to something that's a tad bit more sophisticated? Yeah, so I always just kind of like walk through, hey, if this is a huge concern for you in terms of, let's let's use a 401k plan as an example. Dan, I know you and I have been working with a client that just migrated from like a, let's say, simple plan to a 401k plan. Like, hey, I'm, I'm seeing these fees and I'm not understanding what they're doing. It's just kind of explaining, here are the things that need to happen in order to solve for the problem that we originally agreed to. And this is why they're charging the fees that they are. And this is, this is why they're doing the work that they're doing. And most of the time we can make it very, very simple for employees to say, or employers to have a plan that's very, very turnkey. So, All right, well, awesome. Great information, Tom. We're going to be right back after this break. When we get back, we're going to talk about how to peek at your 401k without freaking out. And we're going to talk about what are all these plan benefits that Tom's been talking about? What does this do for you, the employee, if you're not on the other side of it? So uh, we'll be right back after this quick break. You're listening to The Real Investment Show.
Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Hurricane season is here. And along the Texas Gulf Coast, we know how to prepare. What we don't always know is which way the storm will go and if a hurricane does come your way, whether your house will flood. Fortunately, you can get flood insurance. Unfortunately, flood insurance rates have skyrocketed. Don't be at risk. Let the specialists at RIA Insurance assess your needs and shop your coverage for the best rates possible. Another service from realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. back to The Real Investment Show. I'm Danny Ratliff here with Tom Allen, our senior benefits consultant. So talked a lot about retirement planning and you know what that means if you're an employer or an employee. Uh, Tom helps a lot of small businesses with health care plans, retirement benefits, all the ancillary benefits that you can get as an employee from your employer. He's one of the guys that helps set that up. So you know, one of the things I think that we, we talk about is, yes, an employer sometimes the employer always thinks like, what can I get from this? You know, what's the, the real benefit? Not only, and some of it's difficult to to really put a pin to pad on because, you know, do you really know this is helping your employee, employees this much? Um, but you can share some stats with them and you can also, you know, kind of go through a checklist to help them understand, you know, what is really working and what may not be. So t- tell us a little bit about what that would be, Tom. Yeah. So I think a lot of times when when I sit across from a business owner and we start talking about retirement benefits, they, they automatically think that like, this is just a cost and how, how is this actually going to benefit me personally? And with small business owners in particular, like I said, going back to that spectrum of like SEP versus 401k, when we get into discussions of 401k and let's say I'm sitting across from them and they are behind the eight ball in terms of their own personal savings and all of their assets are tied up in their business, we can start having very intricate discussions about like we can use a 401k or profit sharing plan or even like a, you know, attaching a defined benefit plan to it to really start diversifying your assets outside of your business and accelerating your own savings. And their their eyes kind of wide like, wait, you mean like for me personally, this is something I can start doing? It's like, absolutely. So we have the conversation of how do we make sure all parties are winning in this conversation? How do the employees feel like they're getting taken care of? How does the employer feel like it's not just a cost, it's an actual investment for them? Um, so yeah, so that's, that's some of the stuff that, that we get into for, for employers to understand that they too can benefit from this directly, you know, personally. Yeah. We, we often see as a, as a participants often leave a lot of money on the table because they may say, Hey, I'm not going to contribute and they're, they're foregoing the match. Mm-hmm. So you're actually leaving a bonus on the table when you're not participating in these plans. And then I think, you know, sometimes it's either people feel like, well, there's not very many options, so it's not very good, or there's so many they don't know what to do and yes. how to really dissect that. So what what would you tell somebody who has a plan, maybe they're not utilizing it, or they just don't know where to go with it? And obviously, if you don't know where to go with it, you can go to realinvestmentadvice.com, go to the 401k guide, and Lance shows you, you know, gives you an idea as far as what different types of allocations, if you're conservative, you're moderate, you're more of a growth investor. And not only that, but for this time, obviously, you know, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you probably know we're not your traditional buy and hold investors. We're more of a buy, hold, monitor, and sell. Now, it doesn't mean we get all the way out or all the way in the market. However, we will overweight and underweight uh, depending on the environment. So, you know, long, long-winded there. Sorry, Tom. But what would somebody do in, in, if you just say, I've got too much to deal with here, uh, which I think a lot of people feel like my work is so busy. I don't know what to do. 
is that where somebody like you comes in to give them some direction or where would somebody go? Yeah, so I would just I would just start with if if you're unsure of am I on track for retirement? If I what are the fees within my plan? How do I know if I'm invested in the right thing? I think the first place to start is you could go out to a resource like us, which you can kind of understand different types of asset allocations depending on risk profiles. And I think if if you can understand where you're at financially and where you're trying to get to, there's a lot of different tools available, primarily probably through your 401k provider website that can kind of start building that out for you. So that's typically where I would start. Depending on how that conversation goes or how what, what you end up finding out, if we need to fine tune things like, hey, I need to tighten the belt a little bit and cut back on the discretionary spending so I can save more. How do I effectively do that? That's where someone like working with us could be very, very beneficial for these individuals. And we can actually kind of guide them down that road. And from an investment standpoint, uh, just make sure that you are completely diversified. If you don't know what you're doing and you're allocating a little bit of money across all of your investment options, that's typically a red flag that um, you might not know what you're doing. And we have free resources available to kind of give you that guidance. So yeah, and that, that's yeah. a good thing to, to discuss as well. You know, there's a lot of times you may have access to an index fund versus a uh, actively managed fund, a mutual fund, and you can see the cost are significantly less in an index fund versus, you know, somebody who's just using uh, the, the mutual funds that are available. Also, target date funds. <laughs> you know how we feel about target date funds. I mean, that is something that they're in most plans because they, they need to be, uh, and it protects the employer. But at the end of the day, they're not always what we think. And so what are your conversations with participants around those types of funds? So around target date funds specifically, the first thing that I try to understand is not all target date funds are not made the same. They actually have quite a bit of variation in terms of what their glide path looks like. So like, you know, a Vanguard target date fund, I, I see those a lot inside of, of 401k plans. It's a great set it and forget it type option. But if I'm sitting across from somebody that say is in like the 2040 fund, and that's still way too aggressive of an allocation for their age group or risk profile, then we start to talk about how we can diversify outside of the QDIA or target date fund so that it actually matches up with what they feel comfortable in terms of the amount of risk that they're taking. Um, the other thing too, is just to see if there's a, something a little bit more dynamic within their uh, lineup that's going to be able to, like you said, Danny, we kind of believe in, uh, you know, buy, monitor, sell. Is there, are there more dynamic funds that kind of follow that general philosophy that I can, we can give specific guidance on so that they feel like they're protected, especially during down markets? So. Yeah. And I think this is important because there's so many different investment options out there, really getting a good understanding, having somebody that's going to give you some education surrounding it. So Tom, if somebody were to work with you, what, what's an expectation if you're a business owner or if you're, you're a participant, um, you know, are you going to be available for somebody to call and say, Hey, how do I utilize this properly? Um, you know, are you checking each and every year and saying you're still in the right plan? We need to look at X, Y, Z, or, um, has anything changed substantially within the business? What do those conversations look like? And what are expectations? Always starts with the needs analysis. You know, what, what are the needs of your business and how do we create a solution that speaks directly to the needs of that business, not sell product or push product. That's, that's never what we're about here. So understanding what your need is. If every single year we kind of revisit what's changing your business, uh, how are we doing financially in the business? Do we need to cut somewhere? Do we need to look for savings elsewhere? Um, what, what does that discussion look like? And then make sure that we are still in alignment with the intention of having some sort of plan in place and what the goals or outcomes is that we're trying to pursue. 
some, you know, businesses change all the time. Demographics change all the time. Sometimes we have to pivot and find a different solution for people, or we have to modify things based on how the business has changed. So at least once a year, we're having that discussion with the business owner, with the participant. Yes. Sit down and say, where are we at? Where are we trying to get to? Does that mean if I, I need to increase my savings amount by 1% per paycheck, what does that look like? How do, what does my risk profile look like? Um, is, is my investment that I'm actually in, uh, allocated to my individual risk tolerance. Those are the types of discussions that we're having. Anything outside of retirement, um, we usually will save for a, like if we need to talk about personal assets outside of the plan, one-on-one, -on -one, that's usually a separate agreement that we have with my my colleague, Chris Liebham, uh, to be able to address those types of conversations. Just because legally my my fiduciary duties to the business owner, not necessarily to the, the individual participant. Okay, that's always good to know. So you know, right now, one thing that we're seeing a lot of people do is they're saying, well, you know what, we're not going to contribute to the 401k because we don't want to, we don't know what's going on, lots of uncertainty, we're going to keep these funds on the sideline and, and not even contribute. And I think that's a big mistake because you're often forfeiting that additional bonus in the regard to the match. And if things are truly cheaper, which they are cheaper, how cheap they, they get, we're not exactly sure. But we want to continue to buy things when they're lower and take advantage of that because over long periods of time, you're going to typically do well. Now, one thing, uh, Fidelity has a new survey that says many Americans have much different ideas about what they're up against versus economists. So U.S. consumers age 50 and older may be about three times as worried about the markets as they should be. Now, I think that's always a variation of where you are in the market cycle and obviously your life cycle. Are you near retirement? Are you taking distributions or already in retirement? Those are you know, that's where the caveat changes quite a bit. And I think that it is important to understand the math of loss and you know, how do you preserve capital in this environment. But on the flip side, most people, they take longevity risk only half as seriously as they should. And so all these things we've talked with Tom about are helping to create those, those found the foundation or the stepping blocks to get to the point where you can retire, where you can if you need to access long-term care, you start thinking about these things when you're younger versus, you know, when we're knocking at the door. And unfortunately, many people are looking at that when they're knocking at the door. So we talk about, you know, how do you look at these things, Tom, without freaking out? Because it's really easy. You know, it's it's accessible at all periods of time. And you can, in the middle of the night, you can't sleep. You can put it on, up on an app. Um, how do you look at a 401k without, you know, just losing your mind over it and, you know, understanding where you are and, and where you're, where you're looking to get? It's a great question. I, I think um, the first thing that if you feel like you are anxious or have additional anxiety around savings and 401k plan, I think the, the first thing to understand is that you you need to seek help and not like from a therapist standpoint, but just try to find a financial professional that like, I don't know, sometimes we all may need a therapist <laughs> when in markets like this. No, I think the first thing is just understand that like, hey, this is a stressor and I need to be able to address it. What resources do I have available to me within whether it's my current employer plan? If I have an advisor assigned to my plan, is there someone I can reach out to or the resources available within my you know, my record keeping platform, whether that's Fidelity, Transamerica, Principal, there's a ton of them out there, but whatever you log into to see your 401k, there's usually resources available in there to help kind of walk you through, here's what you need to be thinking about. Also, this too shall pass. I want, I want people to keep that mindset of like, hey, what's happening now is never gonna be permanent for the future, so don't make any dramatic financial decisions in your life. Try to find a resource, try to get second opinion, try to make small changes to whatever it is that you need to do to get back on the right path. 
Yeah, I think that's the big thing is that having a plan, understanding where you are, you know, understanding exactly what you're trying to accomplish here is really important. And also understanding, having an understanding of the markets. And it's difficult for somebody maybe who's never been through a bear market and say, hey, just set it and forget it. Don't worry about it. And you know what? If you're really young, in most cases, that's going to work out in your favor. You're going to do well. But my thought is always if there's a better alternative or there's something that can give you some protection for the moment, let a storm pass give you some opportunity to invest when things are cheaper. I'm all for that as well, but I get it. It is difficult. Things are moving, lots of moving targets, and it's not your job. That's why we have somebody like Tom. We have somebody like Chris Liebham. These are guys that can help with this. Hey, um, we're going to talk about a nine-step inflation battle plan here on August 4th. It's going to be Thursday, August 4th at 12 p.m. It's going to be a webinar or what we call a lunch and learn, except you're not here. You eat at your desk. So uh, go sign up, realinvestmentadvice.com. Love to have you there. Tom, thanks for joining us. Uh, lots of great information for employers and employees. Uh, look forward to seeing you guys here tomorrow. We'll be right back at it at 6 a.m. Central. Everybody have a great day. Well,